Welcome to Israel and You, bringing Israel and the Jewish people into focus. Our host is Aaron David Free, President of Israel Team Advocates International. Aaron is an author, speaker, Bible teacher, and an advocate for Israel and the Jewish people on college campuses nationwide. This is Israel and You. Our hearts are wrenched of the events in Israel on October 7th, just this past weekend. And I want us all to, to memorize these words. And the words are in Hebrew, Ein Berer. And it means we have no choice. We have no choice. The Jews have nowhere else to go uh, except into the Mediterranean Sea. And so they have to stand their ground. And the last place on earth for Jews is the state of Israel. And radical Islamists, uh, they proclaim, from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. What does that mean? We're going to totally annihilate. We're going to commit genocide against the Jewish people from the Jordan River into the Mediterranean Sea. And the stated mission of Hamas, this terror organization that murdered uh, men, women, and children, their uh, stated purpose in their charter is the total genocide of all the Jews in Israel. And you would think that after 1.5 million Jewish children perished at the hands of the Nazis, and after 4.5 million Jewish adults were gassed, burned, starved, shot in places like Bergen-Belsen, Buchenwald, Dachau, Grossrogen, Krakow, Auschwitz, Ravensbrück, and thousands of other death camps, that the world would come to its senses and cease from the carnage of Jews. But the Holocaust, it was not a one-off. It was a culmination of a long history of European Christian anti-Semitism. It's what we call hybrid terrorism, when the church and the empire joined forces. And you can see hybrid terrorism during the Inquisition, when uh, the church uh, murdered thousands of Jews. And the church didn't actually do the killing. Uh, The Pope ordered that the state, uh, the country of Spain, would do the killing in the Spanish Inquisition. And so 40 babies this past weekend were slaughtered. Some of them were beheaded. And this is what happens when religious fanaticism mixes with political power. And remember that uh, Germans were the most sophisticated people in the world during the Holocaust. Uh, prior to the Holocaust, I'm sorry. It's a, a country that gave us the art and, the, and literature and music like A Way in the Manger and A Mighty Fortress is Our God and composers like Bach and Beethoven. And yet these sophisticated German baptized Christians, they burned infants alive in fire pits and ultimately murdered 1.5 million children. And what happened here was hybrid terrorism. It was a mixture of complete, total political fanaticism with religious fanaticism. And what happened on Saturday, October 7th, in uh, the country of Israel is, was the continuing age-long violence against Jews. In the Middle Ages, Jews were hated because of their religion. In the 19th and 20th centuries, Jews were hated because of their race. Today, Jews 
are hated because of the issue of human rights. And the new kind of anti-Semitism is based on human rights, that uh, these radical Islamists and many people in the world are saying that the Jewish people are denying the human rights of the Palestinian people. And really who's denying their rights is their own leaders, the leaders of Fatah, the leaders of Hezbollah, the leaders of Hamas, that are persecuting their own people and using them as pawns in order to fulfill their uh, religious uh, eschatological ideology. And right now there's liberal denominations in America, Christian denominations like United Methodist, the liberal wing, the United Church of Christ, the Presbyterian USA, that uh, are supporting uh, the BDS movement, the boycott, divestment, and sanction movement. I was a few years ago at the National Press Club in Washington, D.C. with a, a rabbi, and we're holding a press conference to stand with Israel uh, during a, a, another time of war. And when we got to the National Press Club, there was a group of Presbyterian USA Christians waiting for us, and they physically attacked the rabbi, and we had to call for security for his protection. And so this is what's happening globally is the rise of anti-Semitism. Much of it is coming, yes, from radical Islamists, but as well, much of it is coming from from Christians. And this past Saturday, October 7th, 2023, is the darkest day for Jews since May 8th, 1945, at the end of the Second World War, when the death camps were liberated. And this was a well-planned military organized attack by Iran and possibly the country of Qatar. And I spoke this week with, just yesterday, with a brigadier general friend of mine in Israel. And I asked them, you know, how did this happen? It was, it's an intelligence nightmare. And he said, you know, we never saw it coming. We not only got caught with our pants down, we were caught naked. We, we didn't see that Hamas had this kind of military capability. But again, it was planned by, by Iran. And it, this, this general told me that they used, first of all, sophisticated drones to take out tanks along the border, Israeli tanks. And then they used drones to uh, take out the observation posts. And then they came across the border by over a 1,000 soldiers and murdered Israeli troops. And then they went to the Sarot pol police station. I was there at that police station just a few years ago. And the police department took me to a warehouse where they had thousands of Kazim rockets that had been shot over from the Gaza Strip. They had them uh, numbered the, and the date and time in which they landed in southern Israel. So that police station, many of those police officers were murdered. And now these radical Islamists, Hamas, had five to seven hours to wantonly murder uh, men, women, and children in their homes in southern Israel. And, of course, the Black Lives Matter movement came out yesterday, and they called this terrible uh, act of, by Hamas against Jewish innocent people. They called it a desperate act of self-defense. And I want to ask, how, how is it that when these, these terrorists went into uh, this area where young people were, were celebrating peace and there was a, a, a band and a concert, they shot 250 kids in the back. How is that self-defense? And 
This is based on a religious ideology of genocide and an eschatology that talks about, you know, the end times that uh, Islam is going to rise and establish a caliphate again over the entire Middle East. And we don't understand in the West the brutality and the butchering of mothers and fathers that lay on the ground shielding their children. And these butchers came in, not only killed the parents, but killed the children as well. And it's a complex Islamist ideology. And here to explain it to us today, what what happened? How How do we understand this ideology of radical Islam is our good friend Dexter Van Zyl, and Dexter's been with me here on Israel and You uh, time and time again over the last five to seven years. He's the managing editor of Focus on Western Islamism. And this is a part of the Middle East Forum. And you can go to Islamism.news uh, to find some of Dexter's uh, articles about what is happening right now in uh radical Islamist nations, what is happening in Hamas. So Dexter Van Zyl, thanks for being with me today in this this very hallowed time where we are very sober and wrenched over what's happening in Israel. So thanks for being with me, Dexter. Welcome. Thanks so much for having me. It's good to be here. It's just awful that it happens under such terrible circumstances. It's just appalling. It is. So we met few weeks ago you you were down in in the south and uh and your daughter is in in uh, the military and so you and i had lunch a great conversation we never knew that two weeks ago this would be happening but in our conversations before this interview you said that hamas must be destroyed and so what do you mean by that dexter what what happens next i think yeah, you know, actually, I didn't say it two weeks ago, but I just said it. I think it's become the message that's very clear to people in the aftermath of this recent attack. Essentially, Hamas has to be destroyed largely because uh, it's demonstrated its ability to sow chaos and basically terrorize Jews, uh, and it's trying to terrorize Jews throughout the world. Uh, just recently, one of its, its leaders uh, basically got on the... Uh, uh, made a, 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 an appeal to Muslims throughout the world to terrorize Jews uh, two days from now, uh, you know, I think on uh, Friday, on uh, October 13th. And so this is a terrifying thing. And by being destroyed, what I mean by that is is that ultimately uh, it either needs to be defeated, in, it, well, all of these things, and through combination, needs to be defeated in battle uh, uh, and and frankly, some of its members are going to need to be killed in battle. And uh, it's and also, it's going to have to essentially, its leaders are going to have to be pr- prosecuted for the war crimes that they've committed. These are crimes against humanity. There's no question about it. Uh, and uh, and those people who are convicted are going to have to basically spend the rest of their lives in jail. Uh, and anybody that is not doesn't fall under those first two categories is basically going to have to be dehamasified uh, and you know you know sub- subjected to kind of the same scrutiny uh, and intense scrutiny uh, that was subjected to the Nazis in Germany after World War II. We're going to have to basically just destroy Hamas as a functioning political unit. Uh, and, and, and we're not talking about just destroying its war-making capabilities. I mean, 
it has to basically be destroyed root and branch. And after that, essentially, then the Gaza Strip needs to be handed over to somebody else. Uh, and I don't have any illusions that whoever we hand the Gaza Strip over to is going to be somehow friendly to Israel or like Jews or even, you know, or Zionist. Uh, but essentially, they, Hamas has to be destroyed, uh, and whoever and whatever institution replaces them uh, has to basically make know down to its very bones uh, that nothing like this can ever happen again. There's no other way around it. Uh, and, and that, I think, is essentially, I think, the assessment uh, that has, has come to people's minds. Uh, it, it's become so patently obvious to people that even people who didn't think that this was the case uh, a while back are now concluding that, yeah, historically what Israel did was is that it would do what they called mow the grass or mow the lawn. And essentially, every couple of years, Hamas would launch some rockets from Gaza. Uh, the Israeli military would go in uh, with planes and bombs and essentially, like, attack those, those rocket teams. And eventually, Hamas would, you know, call for a ceasefire. A ceasefire would be accepted. And then a couple of years later, after Hamas replenished its supplies of rockets, they decide, okay, we're going to cause some trouble again. And they'd launch again, and then Israel would, you know, mow the lawn or mow the grass again. That's, that, that's not an option anymore. Hamas essentially needs to be kind of taken out root and branch. And this is what I said earlier, Ein Barah, which means we have no choice. And the Israelis don't have any choice. And in my conversation with my uh, brigadier general friend, um, they told me this is going to be a long operation. Th this is not going to be mowing the grass like in the past. That uh, this is not going to be a, a a quick incursion. You know, go in, take out some rocket launchers, and then leave. Uh, they told me that this time we're in it until the end, and we're going to completely. And I'd like to say wipe the memory of Hamas from the face of the earth. So help, help us understand, because so many people in the West, myself included, I, I don't comprehend the ideology of radical Islamism, uh, the eschatology behind it, and their fomenting drive to murder Jews. What, what drives this ideology, Dexter? Well, some of it is essentially... In the early 1900s, essentially, the Arab and Muslim peoples throughout the world felt a tremendous sense of humiliation, uh, because historically, the Muslims and the Arabs, and after them, the Ottomans or the Turks, essentially kind of, you know, had played a significant role in, in international system, you know, historically. Uh, and then, you know, from about maybe the 1600s on, essentially, Europe basically dominated the, the globe to a large extent. And there was a certain sense of humiliation in the 1920s. People came up with this ideology that the reason why the, the Muslim world was uh, suffering so was is that they had basically abandoned the faith. They looked at the rulers in the Middle East in particular and said that these are not true Muslims and we need to replace them. Uh, and they came up with this uh, ideology called Islamism, and it was founded or exhibited largely in the Muslim Brotherhood. Uh, and there were other, uh, you know, organizations in Southeast Asia that had the same type of ideology uh, under uh, 
you know, similar writers to Hassan al-Banna, who founded the Muslim Brotherhood. And essentially, what happened was, is that the idea of the Jew became kind of, uh, slowly but surely became a source of uh, humiliation for him, particularly in the aftermath of Israel's creation. Uh, and the thing is, is that, uh, you know, part of it got wrapped up with uh, with the fight uh, over in 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 the Middle East over the creation of a Jewish state, and uh, Hajiman al-Husseini basically sided with the Nazis and started to broadcast a Nazi anti-Semitism into the Middle East. And, it, and some of it kind of echoed quite nicely with uh, some of the previous teachings of, uh, about the Jews uh, from Muslim scholars over the years. And essentially, the Jew has become the symbol of everything that is wrong. And just like everybody else or all other anti-Semites, if you have a beef with modernity, which is just kind of another word with the way things are, uh, you will blame the Jews. And essentially, the humiliation that Arab and Muslim leaders endured uh, as a result of Israel's creation and successful self-defense over the years... um, became a unifying political agenda. They misruled their own countries. They did a terrible job adapting to modernity. But the one thing that they could do was to whip up hostility towards Israel. And the thing is, is that a growing number of countries in the Middle East, you know, the UAE and possibly Saudi Arabia, uh, they're starting to back away from this hostility towards Israel because they know it's just a dead-end ideology. Um, and the thing is, though, is, is that there are some people within the Muslim world that still regard themselves as perpetual victims of Western colonialism and Zionism um, and use that notion of being a victim to justify all manner of atrocities. And that's really, and the thing is, is that, the, you know, one of the, the worst representations of that is Hamas. Right. Uh, you see it throughout Palestinian society. I have seen it in the part of Palestinian Christians. Uh, in the West Bank. I've been there a fair number of times listening to the so-called Palestinian Christians, who are essentially dimmies working on behalf of the Palestinian Authority, uh, you know, as, you know, frankly, puppets uh, to try and legitimize whatever the narrative that basically makes whatever the Palestinian do, Palestinians do okay, and anything that the Israelis do to defend themselves uh, a problem. And that, right. that's really what it is. Um, and the thing is, is that uh, there's there's a, a component of uh, Western ideology that was injected into this, uh, you know, during and after World War II. Some of it has roots in traditional Islam. A lot of Muslims are trying to transcend it. There's a group called Muslims Against Anti-Semitism. Um, but the problem is, is that Hamas really does have... Uh, is the inheritor of this ideology, and it's not the only inheritor. And Iran is a, an, another place where this ideology is profoundly useful to the people in charge. Uh, the, the leaders there are essentially under assault and under challenge by their leader, uh, by their people, who no longer want to live under uh, their strict Sharia code. They don't want to have to wear the, uh, the you know, the, the hijab or the, the Islamic veil in the streets of Iran. And the way that they can whip up support or distract people is to basically encourage Hamas to fight wars with, with Israel. And, that, yeah. and the thing is, is that it's, a, it's become a global ideology that's spread through the Internet. 
there are institutions in the West that either promote it or side with it. They may not promote it as explicitly as they do. And the thing is, is that people on the left um, have started to interpret the Palestinian cause as a form of liberation. Uh, and, the th- and, and to a certain extent, the Islamists in the West almost don't even have to push the agenda too hard because they've got the leftist pushing it for them for now. Right. And we're seeing that in, in places like Harvard University. Harvard University students came out the last couple of days in total support of Hamas and their butchery. Same with Black Lives Matter. And we're seeing this in the academic world that so many of our academic institutions, both secular and Christians, have gone you know, completely progressive on this issue of Israel. And they're calling these murderers freedom fighters. So what's your response to, to, to those uh, that come up with this ideology and they what's your response to their argument that justice for the palestinians is the only way to bring an end to this conflict what do you say dexter well i i think one of the and i deal a lot with i dealt a lot with this with the christian churches is um is that essentially you know um this notion of liberation has become uh, uh you know a license for all manner of violence. And one of the things that I'm you know, going to start telling my Christians is that the Sermon on the Mount is not a call for societal suicide or even a guide to public policy. And that ultimately, you know, what we're dealing with is people who have essentially, you know, weaponized uh, the notion of liberation to basically provide a mask for uh, genocidal intentions and ambitions. That's really what's going on. And, uh, and the thing is, is that, you know, for the past 17 years, I had basically dealing with this ideology and people, and within the Christian church, it was this notion that, well, we have to love our neighbor and show love for the Palestinians. And, um, the thing is, is that one of the things that we have to understand is, is that there, people are trying to implement a, a pacifism that, and I'm quoting somebody right now, that severs the common good from any recognition that charity defends, uh, demand, sometimes demands the defense of the innocent and one's fellow citizens. And this, that's written by a guy by the name of Daniel Mahoney. And the thing is, is that uh, people have, within the Christian church have basically tried to portray Christ as a freedom fighter, but you know, no, that was what Barabbas was. Okay, right, yeah, and uh, and and they're trying to choose Barabbas under the guise of Christ, and that's a very, very dangerous thing. And the thing is, is that you know, I think um, what has happened is, is that pe- people uh, within the Christian progressive world that fell prey to a temptation uh, uh, that basically has encouraged them to undermine sensible political efforts on behalf of a common good, uh, which Israel is. It's a common good because one of the things that we have to understand is is that not only is it good for the Jewish people to have a sovereign state, uh, it basically also removes the temptation for anti-Semites to want to kill them. Because when Jews have the power they need to defend themselves, that's an important thing. Yeah, in that neighborhood of the Middle East, the the Jews have to be strong. Because if they show any sign of weakness, this is the kind of thing that happens. And, of course, the last 10 months there's been strife, uh, political strife within Israel. 
and uh, the right against the left over the judiciary issues. And so the country seems weak from the outside, although it's not because the whole country has rallied in the last three or four days. They formed a, you know, an emergency government and they're standing together as one. But because of the inner strife, the, the outside uh, haters of the Jews, they saw this as an opportune time. And so Israel, if they, if they don't remain strong, it's someone once said, you know, if the Jews, uh, if, if, the, if Hamas gives up their weapons, there will be no more war and bloodshed. If the Jews give up their weapons, there will be no more Jews. So the Jews, they have to stand strong. And what's amazing about the Jewish military, the IDF, it's the only army in the world that employs moral philosophers. And that's a fact. And there's philosophers of morality that will say, you know, you can do this, you can't do this. And so Israel is, is very cautious about taking out civilian lives. And, and the, world, the world doesn't really see that or pay attention to that. One of the things, though, I want to make clear is that I think that there's a consensus on the part of Israel and, it, and its supporters that at this point Hamas needs to be destroyed and that there is going to be some collateral damage that's going to be unavoidable and it's going to be right. tragic and horrific. Uh, but the time to mourn those losses after Hamas is destroyed and, and replaced with somewhat something a little bit more reasonable than this 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 culture. And the thing is, the thing that's really bothersome is is that the same techniques that have been used to undermine Israel's legitimacy are now being deployed against the West in general. And the, the thing is, is that what we saw on Saturday is the uh, the ultimate consequence of that. You know, when you tell a story that portrays the Jews in Israel as interlopers who are unfit to go, uh, to the right of self-determination uh, and and essentially, you know, marauders and killers, that legitimizes the violence against children, uh, violence against, you know, civilians, and the raping and murder of, of girls and women in open fields, like we saw at the, or the rave dance. That That's And terrible. the thing is, is that, that narrative of uh, Western illeg- uh, that of illegitimacy, uh, the, ve- the mere presence of these people uh, on the land justifying their murder is being now deployed, and it's in the early stages, but it's being deployed against Westerners, particularly here in the United States. Wow. When you see these land acknowledgments, okay? When people come forward and say we acknowledge the legitimate uh, claims of the land for the previous, the, the, the Native American tribes, that's ultimately paving the way for hostility for the American Republic and in the long term is going to be used to legitimize violence against the Republic and its, and it, and, and its inhabitants. That's, that's the deal. And we have to be, and that's what Black Lives Matter is, is, has been doing, you know. That's one of the things that they've been doing is, is kind of to legitimize, uh, the, the, delegitimize the mere presence of, of, of the American people on the land they live in. So, Dexter, I so appreciate you being with us today, and you're a writer, and again, you're the managing editor of Focus on Western Islamism, and it's uh, under the banner of the Middle East Forum, and Tell us where we can go to read your articles, Dexter, because you've, you've been formed me for years. Uh, you go, it's uh, Islamism.news, 
and there they will find uh, articles about Islamist organizations in the West that legitimize and support the violence that we just saw this past weekend. Wow. So I encourage you to follow Dexter Van Zyl and read his articles. Be informed. I, I had a friend that called me the other day and said, Aaron, you know, I, I'm seeing all the news. I'm, I'm watching you know, all the, the YouTube videos of what's happening, but I want to be even better informed. I want to read. Send me some articles so that I can have an understanding. And I think in these times, all of us, we need to be informed so that we know how to respond. And the best way to be informed is, is to read. Be a reader. And, and I would suggest read everything you can that's being written by Dexter Van Zyl. He is an expert in this field of, of uh, radical Islamism. So, Dexter, I'm going to have you on again soon, but thanks so much for being with me today on Israel and You, and I'll talk to you soon. God bless. All right. All right. Thanks for having me.